Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. As a good friend of mine used to say, you wouldn't put a milk bottle out today. It's one of those days. It's another of those days, isn't it, this week? My word, it's deluge, it's dark, it's cold. We'll warm the cockles of your heart on late lunch this afternoon. I promise you, welcome to the show. We have lots of chat, music, competition and more besides over the next couple of hours. If you want to get in touch with us, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. But I begin the show today... Cast your mind back on late lunch. I think it was sometime last week. We were talking about reworking or recommissioning wedding dresses. And we were talking about wedding dresses in general. Do you keep them? Do you hold on to them? Did you give them away? Do you use it for something else? And we got a fantastic response from you out there. And today, I, I want to go back to it because I'm joined by a lovely lady. She's from RD in County Loud and she's been in this business of dressmaking and more besides for a long, long time. Nancy Lynch, hello. Hello, Jerry. Can I call you dressmaker? Oh, I don't care what you call me. <laughs> <laughs> how long are you at this? Nancy, how long are you at this? Uh, 65 years. Oh, my word. Congratulations. 65 years. And tell us this, Nancy. You were listening in to us that day. Do you get many wedding dresses to rework? Well, I did during my time. I'm I'm, I'm semi-retired. I'm more, I suppose I can say, I'm retired now, actually. More or less, come out of retirement for to do this job that I'm doing. But I did, over the years, do plenty of that type of work now, you know. And women, you know, bringing them to you to what? Was it typically yeah, communion yeah, dresses I, or what? I, so, well, on one or, one, or, one or two occasions, I made the wedding dress originally. Yeah. Then it came to be made into a first communion dress. Right. And it ended up then as a christening robe. Good on you. So multi-uses from the one dress. Yes, yes, yes. It's a big responsibility, Nancy, to make a wedding dress, isn't it, for a lady? Well, yeah, yeah, you get used to it. Oh, I don't yeah. indeed. The past counting the number of weddings that I've done in my time now, you know. Did you? Yeah and, and, yeah. and you know, like we know a wedding dress is a fine garment. How many, you know, would you just get one communion dress out of a single wedding dress? 
you would well it depended on the dress of course and what way it was made and that sort of thing but I, I got I got two christening robes out of a wedding dress on one occasion for twins right so the, the, you can get a couple of christenings, but basically yeah, it'll be yeah, one yeah. communion dress. That'd you might be get it. a communion dress and a christening robe out of a wedding dress as okay. well, you know. Yeah, you'd make two of them out of it. You'd make two out of it, yes. And, yes. and it, it, from, for you, with your skill, 65 years and everything, sure, it, it, it's no bother. Does it take long, you know, would it take you long, say, to take a communion dress from a wedding dress? How much time would it be? How many hours? Oh, well, I wouldn't count. The, I, couldn't, I never could count the hours, Mary, <laughs> I put into the work. I a lot of doing. hours. But I'd have a lot of things on the go at the same time, you see. I wouldn't yes, be, yes, have, yes. I could have several different uh, projects on at the same time because yes. I made all sorts of clothes from anything, you name it, I've made it from in my time now. Have you? And, yeah, I and made everything. I made priest robes and nuns' outfits and robes for the monks and Cullen and uh, I was past counting all the things <laughs> I'd done in my time. You've decked out so many different people in so many different areas of life. Oh, and I met an awful lot of people in my time. I'm sure now. you have. I'm sure you have. Mm. And, and did you start, is it sewing? It's a sewing machine. You, that's your, oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, it was very hard when I started first, Jerry. We had no electricity in those days. Mm. And it was the foot machine and heating the irons in the fire and yeah. all that sort of thing was tough, so it was. And yeah. then, of course, we progressed and electricity came the way and stuff was it. And that made it a lot simpler, so it did. Yeah. But I, I was always interested into needlework. I never was that keen on the books at school now, so I wasn't. <laughs> well, it never so held you. So much so that the teacher in fifth and sixth class, Sister Catherine, Lord be good to her, she's not that long dead, she was in her ninth, nearly a hundred when she died. She said, will you put all that aside, it'll come in useful tea in later life, will you go and stick to the books? <laughs> but it never did you any harm, because it no, gave you it a skill for life, and you know, you're back even, as you said, at it today. Tell, I'll tell you this, let's get into a little secret, my granny Monica, she, I can still see her with the foot on the singer sewing machine. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, it here. Yeah. I'm doing it here under the desk as I speak to you. I'm tapping away, and yes, the whir yes. of the wheel. I can still yeah. see it. It's mm. something else. And then there was paraffin oil lamps and candles when I started first. Mm. You know, yeah, in the mid fifties and thereabouts. You know, and that sort of thing. So it was, it was hard work, but I loved it. I loved it, so I did. I never wanted to be doing else only only working at sewing of some description. Yes, and and obviously when you do something that you love all your life, well. It's an easy burden, isn't it? Oh, it's not I, a burden. I, 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 I'm sorry now that I, at old age now, of course, I was trying to put a stop to it now, you know, but I'm, I'm still doing the odd little bit if somebody asks me, you know, just obliging yes. people. It's not, I'm not doing it now in a, in a business kind of way, you know, but right. I oblige the odd one if they're, if they're stuck and need some little job done. Now, the job I'm working on at the moment is a 40-year-old wedding dress and the daughter's going to wear it. I just happened to be at it when, the, when, the, when you were talking about that last week. You had it on here on yes. the kitchen table doing a bit of ripping on it while I was listening to your show, <laughs> which I listen to every day practically, Thank you. you know. Thank you. Always kept me always kept me in great company in my, when I was in my sewing room, you see, it was always something to keep me occupied. You know what? That's a great thrill to hear a listener say that to you, that you're with, that I'm with you. You know what I mean? It's the magic oh, yes. of radio. Oh, yes. You know what oh, I mean? LMF, it really is. LMFM is very important. Good always woman. very important in our house, so it was from, from breakfast show to, <laughs> to, to the green scene, Eddie Caffrey and all that. Oh, sure. They're all good friends of mine. Of so course, are. of course. No, 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 just back to, to the, to, as you said, you couldn't even talk about the hours. What about the old, you know, your eyesight is important. That's 
is the problem at the moment now. I have cataracts at the moment and I also have this other thing called macular degeneration which mm. is worse than the cataracts now, you know. Yes. So uh, I'm getting hard now to try the needle. Sometimes, not always. Mm. I'm managing, I'm managing. That's I don't give up. Thing. I don't give up so I don't, you know. I persevere. <laughs> why, why would you after all this time? But you can you can get something done with them cataracts. You know that, uh, oh, I Nancy. Know that. Oh, yes. Well, I, am atten- I am attending Good. the matter. I am Good. attending the matter hospital. Oh, yes, I have been. But I'm a medication now for to, for to slow down the progress of this macular degeneration. Yeah. And I have a, a slight cataract that told me the last day it was up. And I have to go back now in January so that we see what the, what's going to happen then, you know. Mm. But, but I'm managing between yeah. glasses and magnifying <laughs> glasses and all the rest of us. So we all. You name it, Jerry, I have it. <laughs> we all need it, Nancy, as the years push on. It comes to us and all for unfortunately, sure. Unfortunately, then when the COVID came, I was just retired around that time and the COVID came then and that was grand. Nobody was going anywhere so nobody wanted anything done. Mm. Then I got on to the internet then, you see. So uh, that then took up a lot of my time and right. uh, not good for the eyesight either so it's not, you know, know, looking at it so much. At least I don't think it is, you know. <laughs> you know. So you spend, you spend more time or you did during the COVID online than you should oh, have, Nancy. I spent, lot, I spent a lot of time on yeah, it. Yeah, well, a lot of time mm, on it. Mm. But, I, but sure, it was great. I only took it up in recent years, you mm. know, so it was great to have it on that, you know. Yes, yes. But, uh, have, you, have you a family, Nancy? Uh, no, I live. I mean, no, I, I never was married, so I right. was no, no one made as we call it. Ah, not so. like to call. I, I married my job. I never <laughs> had time for socialising. <laughs> I was always too busy. <laughs> Good on you. Good. On. Come back. To, <laughs> come back to that dress you were working when you were listening to us last week. Forty-year-old wedding dress being yes, reworked yes. for a daughter now. Yes, that's right. Next April, the wedding is. And uh, she said to me, there's plenty of time. I don't need it till next April. I said, well, at my age, you'd never know. I said, I, where I'd be going. I might be, I mightn't be here next April. She says, where are you going to? Well, I said, you never know. Uh, it's only going to take one day. I tried <laughs> Listen, you'll be well here next April. Not a, not a bother you at all. But well, you, see, you see that reworking just for a moment. Would that be sort of an exceptional case? Would many people have asked over the years to rework an old dress for a daughter or, or uh, you know somebody like that uh, I think I've done it once before okay uh, yeah. wouldn't be I often think, uh, mm. uh, not that often yes. uh, no not that often uh, I have to say and then this lady is a neighbour of mine you see and I sold for her I sold for this lady when when she was a child actually yeah. and all her family you know there's a good few girls in her and I made all the lot of clothes for them in those days and then she married and she ended up living on the road beside me you see just down mm. the road from me mm. so she's a very good friend of mine now and a great neighbour so she just said would I come out of retirement and do this job for the daughter you know so I said sure I'll have a go at it anyway <laughs> well uh, Nancy Lynch is back in the game listeners today so if you want something done I'm only joking Nancy Strangers have been seen I was out in town yesterday and I met the lady that I made the, I made the first I made her for confirmation outfit and then I made a wedding dress for her and then I done work for her daughter and another first communion dress and wedding dresses etc but didn't another lady come over to me in the, sh- in the shop and she said to me are you still doing any sewing would you be able to do a wee job <laughs> well uh, you know I what said, Nancy well, I'm not I said but you're, you're badly stuck I said bring, it, bring it, it along to me and I'll see what I can do you. well you know what after today you're going to be inundated oh god no <laughs> <laughs> I was reluctant to do this interview, to be honest. Ah, no. Because, and I know, so they understand. Yes, yes. I have arthritis now as well in my hands, and my fingers are not as nimble as they used to be, you know. I know.
I know, I know. But look at you're 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 pulling the devil be the tail, and you're sounding yeah. great, and you're back, and you're doing little bits and pieces, and you know and I something. Ne- and I, I never trained for dressmaking; I, I just picked it up. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's that's nearly the best way because you know you have yes you have the innate skills when you actually pick it up like that. Well, look at Nancy. I'm going to let you go and say thank you so much for joining me. Not at all. And health and happiness to you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care of yourself, Nancy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Isn't she just lovely, Nancy Lynch? There, she's 65 years at the game and still doing a bit. Wouldn't you just? just admire you'd have to admire late lunch LMFM radio thank you Lisa Jerry lovely to hear Nancy Lynch on your show today she has such a joy for life and her job she brought a smile to my face on this wintry day thank you for that lovely comment Lisa really do appreciate it now Kieran and Orla Staunton are co-founders of End Sepsis the legacy of Rory Staunton and this week they were honoured and they are recipients of Ireland's Presidential Distinguished Service Award for the Irish Abroad and I'm delighted to say Orla joins me on the line from the States hello Orla Hi how are you? I'm really good may I say a heartiest congratulations from everybody here to both yourself and Karen. Really, really well deserved. What an honour. I'm sure you're thrilled. Yeah, we are. And thank you very much for saying that. Um, we are thrilled. I mean, obviously it is a, it's bittersweet and our work started because of the death of our son, Rory, but um, it is great to, um, you know, to have our work honoured. For sure it is. Bittersweet indeed is right. Would you just remind us, you know, <laughs> You shouldn't have lost him. No, we shouldn't have lost him. Um, he um, he fell playing a basketball game, um, got a, a very slight uh, cut on his elbow, and um, following day he was spiking a fever. We brought him to his paediatrician, uh, who sent us to the hospital for some uh, fluids. Um, and uh, you know we asked our paediatrician every possible question about why he had a fever, what it could be. Um, and the hospital sent him home, said it was a stomach virus. And overnight, he got a lot worse, and we brought him back to the hospital, where two days later, he died. Um, we subsequently uh, discovered that they had, uh, they, they literally had diagnosed septic shock in him. Ah, Orla, let's try and get Orla back. We just lost it there in the line, the uh, gremlins between here. We're, she's quite a bit away in New York City. She is indeed. Uh, we're going to try and get her back there on the line for you. And while we do, let me just remind you that uh, uh, our exclusive Premier League live games continue tomorrow here on lmfm.ie and on the LMFM app. It's powered by TalkSport. Half past 12, Nottingham Forest take on Liverpool at 3 o'clock. Manchester City are up against Brighton. And at 5.30 tomorrow, it's the big one, Chelsea against Manchester United. Premier League Live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Orla, hello again. Hi. Sorry hi. about that. I don't know what happened. Gr- gremlins in the lights. But as you said, septic shock. Take it from there. Yes, that Rory had. Yes, so he, um, he had shown all the, um, all the symptoms of uh, sepsis, septic shock, and they failed to diagnose it. And of course, we didn't know what sepsis was, uh, as most people didn't at that time. And, um, well, he died in hospital. Uh, we brought him back in on Friday. They put him into the intensive care unit, and he died on Sunday evening. Um, and he was perfectly healthy on Wednesday. So 
we, we couldn't make sense of it at all. And when we, we, we started asking questions then, obviously, and we heard the word sepsis, which we'd never heard before. And then uh, we discovered that his, his uh, death was completely preventable, that had they given him fluids and had they given him antibiotics, he would be alive. We then went on to discover that it affects uh, nearly 2 million Americans every year and that it kills 270,000 of them. And these are all preventable deaths. So that was when we decided, listen, we've got to do something about this um, because we didn't want any other family to end up like we were uh, totally, you know, shattered because of his death. Um, And I couldn't understand why um, a healthy young boy, like a five foot nine, 160 pounds, could die within three days. Um, And um, I checked him for everything, melanitis, everything. But I didn't know about sepsis. So... um, so that's that. That's why we decided to to start working to try and change those figures. Um, My word, have you changed the figures? And I look at the numbers of lives it's reckoned that you've saved thousands upon thousands because of what you've done in the interim. As you say, it is a bittersweet day, but there must be, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, great uh, solace in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we always felt Rory was a, a kid who always talked about changing the world and that. And, you know, it's, it's to be honest, it's great to even, you know, hear his name mentioned. Um, as a mom, I just want to talk about him forever, as, as you know what it's like as a parent. But, um, and even the fact that his name will be spoken at Oris when he's thrown is, is just lovely. It's lovely. Um, so, and knowing we get a lot of letters from families um, whose, whose loved ones have been saved, and also those who are still dying from it. So it, it's good to feel that you're in that community um, and that, that we can make a difference and other families can make a difference too. Uh, Chuck Schumer uh, has uh, been uh, speaking about this this week, the Senate Majority Leader there, and he uh, congratulates yeah. you uh, and uh, Kieran on, on the award as well. And you've taken it to the highest level there and, and you've, you've got the ear of people that count in the States. Yes, we have. I mean, it doesn't go much higher than Chuck Schumer as leader of the Senate, as you know. Um, and he has always been very supportive to us. Um, uh, he he had met Rory a couple of times and uh, he'd met Kieran many times and, and me also and, and obviously our daughter, Catherine. So he knew our family. But it, it wasn't just, oh, I know you. He looked at the facts and realized we've got to do something about this. So um, this year he actually went on the Senate floor and spoke about sepsis for the very first time. And he also um, set forward a, a resolution to make September 13th National Sepsis Day. So all of that is really good because it increases awareness and it also gets the word sepsis into those chambers on a federal level where, where change can really happen. I mean, America has so much money. We can spend a lot of it on sepsis. Right now we're spending very little but at the end of the day, the ultimate fact is that uh, this is a filter down to the front line as well, which is so important that there is, um, you know, a greater awareness and people are more on the ball when children like Rory and others are brought into hospitals. Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, when Rory died first, they tried to tell us it was a hospital-acquired infection. And then within a year or two, the CDC, which is, the, you know, the... the the patients and the, the hospital monitors over here, they changed it around and now they say that 85% of sepsis cases are acquired in the community. Mm. So that means that 
you know, and that would be the same in Ireland. It's not just specific yes. to the United States. So, so knowing what sepsis is, knowing that, you know, it, it's about, it's a race against the clock. You have to get um, treatment as soon as possible. Um, but even just getting that word out there, and particularly after COVID and everything, it's all infection related. So we need to be more aware of if you have an infection, you need to be, you know, be, I mean, the doctors obviously have the ultimate responsibility of diagnosis, but it's good that we know also what sepsis is and, and how um, infection can actually lead to death. It certainly can. Well, look, just to say again, congratulations to Kieran and yourself, Orla, and your family. Thank and you. as you said there, the name Rory Staunton lives on forever and is associated with this wonderful work that you're doing and will continue into the future in saving many, many other lives. It's great to catch up with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Take bye care. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Now. That's all. Staunton there, of course, with big local links to the northeast, and our husband Kieran, who've got, uh, who've rightly been honoured with that wonderful award from the president here in Ireland this week. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the late lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV. Yes. There it is. You know the number. 086-1800-658. Can you identify the TV show that that song is the theme of? 086-1800-658. The name, please, with your details. WhatsApp or text us and we'll pick a winner for a lovely prize before the end of the show today. Now, how many in the music industry can boast chart hits in every decade since the 60s? There ain't a lot. But one of them, and he's a really good friend of ours, he's been, he's been here with us on a number of occasions on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, is standing by on the line. And I want to say the heartiest of happy birthdays and congratulations to Mr. Phil Coulter. Hello, Phil. How are you doing, Jerry? I hope you're keeping well. I'm keeping really well, and I know you are too. Well, I looked at the list of dates on this tour, and there's nearly a date for every year you're on the planet. <laughs> Pretty much. No, not quite that bad. I think we're 30-something dates. But, you know, it's been a long time. Time, Jerry, since uh, since since you know because of the COVID, long time since we were on the road. We haven't properly toured Ireland now for a couple of years. So, with the with the, the trucks haven't been parked up for all of that time, I figured, well, if we're going to go back on the road, I'd do it properly. So, uh, yeah, we're doing we're averaging, I think, I mean, four a week or something like that. But it's great because it's taken us into uh, pretty much every county in, in 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 Ireland. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, it certainly is. You'll not be able to catch your breath between now and Christmas and the end of the year. Look, one thing is for sure, Terry, that over the Christmas I'll be sitting in front of the fire and this year I'll have a very good excuse for dozing off. (laughs) You certainly will. Hey, Phil, I want to say a second congratulations to you because one of the greatest honours, I'm sure, for you was bestowed on you recently Freedom of the City of Derry special. 
Very much so, very much so. I, I have I've been fortunate enough during my career to get, you know have garnered awards uh, over the, over the, over that period. But there's something very very special, very personal about getting an award from your own people in your own town. And the freedom of the city is, is as you rightly say, but the highest honour that they uh, they can grant. So um, it meant a lot. It certainly did. It was very it was a very moving ceremony. I had I had uh, my family there and some of my close friends. So it was um, you know as I said to them. Uh, given, given, uh, it was it was uh, it was voted on um, a little while ago, and it was a unanimous vote mm. to. Uh, and I, I'm aware of the fact that I'm stepping into pretty big shoes. That have people that have had the freedom of the city before. Not too many have had it. I'm talking about the likes of John Hume or uh, Bishop Daly, and you know, giants of men. But um, I was I was doubly impressed by the fact that when the councillors voted on this, it was a unanimous vote, because as I, as I mentioned to them, at my age, I have seen so many. Different configurations of the kind of the uh, the powers that be in Derry, going right back to the London Derry Corporation, you know, yes. back in the old days. Um, and it, it seemed to me for a long, long time the councillors could never agree on anything. <laughs> so to, to get a unanimous vote on Phil Coder, I thought that's probably one of my prouder achievements. Right <laughs> I, I'd say to you that is simply marvellous and and great to hear. And the other thing, you know, the town I love so well. You've sung it so many times, but it must have been a special rendition on the day it was the, yeah it was it was it was quite a it was quite a fun packed weekend the the freedom of the city was bestowed on the friday and then on the mm. saturday and um, the afternoon we staged this epic epic yes. sing along of the town of loves you well in ebrington square which is a, a beautiful outdoor site that overlooks the river overlooks the city uh, and it was thrown open to to um, to uh, to anyone in Derry who just fancied to sing, and if you know anything about Derry, Jerry Kelly, you'll know that everybody in Derry <laughs> loves to sing. Everybody thinks they can sing in Derry, whether they can or not. So anyway, we on a, on a kind of drizzly wet afternoon, there were two and a half thousand turned up, and I'll tell you this: as I'm as I'm looking down on that crowd uh, from from little primary school choirs, all in their little uniforms, right up to grannies and granddads, and and people who had lived through the troubles, people who had lived in the shadow of the troubles, and kids who had only just heard about the troubles. But I'm looking down at grown men with tears in their eyes, and I'm looking at, at, at young kids who are able to sing every word of the song. And I'll tell you, Jerry, when it got to that the crescendo towards the end, when I'm looking down and seeing two and a half thousand dairy people singing for what's done is done, and what's won is won, and what's lost is lost and gone forever. I was very moving. I tell you, I was choking up. It was it was tough for me to get to the end of that song. I ain't surprised. Hey, I hope uh, uh, you'll, uh, and I, I say this for all Derry people, that you'll be choking in, in the Aviva Stadium uh, next month when Derry City take <laughs> oh, the yeah. field. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, there'll be nobody choking there, especially not the team. No, no. <laughs> the, the cup is ours. The cup is ours. We're definitely, it's been a long time since Derry got a bit of silverware. Mm. And we're, we're still in contention in the league as yes. well. So, yes. um, no, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, in fact, I have to tell you, uh, Rory Higgins, the manager of Derry City, was at that epic single He's a bit of a music fan, which I didn't realise. And he told me, would you hear this? You're going to love this. Uh, Rory said, right, Phil, I have made a promise uh, to, the, to, the, to the team, to the squad and to the background boys that if we win the league, uh, I, Rory Higgins, <laughs> he said, I'm going to sing the Town of Love so well and the Brandywell after the game. <laughs> I said, listen, if you win the league and you're singing the title of so well, I will come to Derry and accompany you in the piano. <laughs> oh, 
God, what an incentive for the Candy Stripes to do it. By the way, we did you a favour last Sunday, Drogheda. We did you a favour for the league. We held Shamrock Rovers here. I know you did. Yeah. We, were watch- we were watching every kick of the ball. We were, were deeply, we were deeply grateful to Drogheda. Yes. Deeply grateful. No, I tell you, it's a bit, Drogheda are, are, are a formidable team. You know, mm. I mean, they're, they, they're, 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 they're no write-off. They're not no. an easy passage for anybody. No. They're fighters, you know. Yeah, they really are. And they've shown that this year. The other thing, staying with with sport, you must have been chuffed when, you know, the, the, the rugby song, of course, Ireland's called mm. fantastic. But when the the hockey, ladies' hockey team, adopted it as well. Yeah, it's gone. It's, it's now uh, the cricket, the hockey, yeah. uh, boxing, a whole lot of them now yes. have, have, have opted for Ireland's call as a kind of unifying anthem, which is, it is, you're right, it's, it's flattering, Jerry. And I think it's, you know, there, there are different kinds of satisfactions you get uh, as a songwriter. And certainly, you know, you get a record number one on the charts, you win the Eurovision Song Contest, or you get a song sung by Elvis Presley. That's a great, you know, it's a great professional buzz. But it's a completely different thrill when you're in the Aviva Stadium and you hear like a full house given given uh, Ireland's call, you know, full throat. That's a, that's a kind of a buzz. That's a kind of a thrill which you can't quantify in terms of record sold or chart positions or anything like that. It's a song that's given me immense immense pleasure down through the years. You mentioned COVID and your lockdown lounge became a thing for lots of people. Uh, how did you find that? Do you know what I mean? As a medium to connect very new to me, Jerry. I'm an old dog, as you well know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't reach 80 years of age by being, being high-tech, you know. <laughs> so it was some of the younger guys in, 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 my, in my team who said, Phil, in this lockdown, um, the only way you're going to keep any kind of profile, any relationship, any communication with your, with your fans, your believers, your followers, is, is online. No, Jerry Kelly, you were talking to an old dog here who had to learn a lot of new tricks. <laughs> so the whole the Facebook thing, going live on Facebook uh, with the with the lockdown lounge, um, I had to learn. I mean, for the for the first few attempts, I think I was coming out sideways. You know? <laughs> but but I, but I persevered. I persevered until we finally got the hang of it. It was so every Saturday afternoon for like uh, 40, 45 minutes, we just did it at the at the piano, played a few tunes, told a few stories, did a few requests. And what what was a great learning curve for me, Jerry, was that the audience the audience was like global. We were people we were people tuning in from like we had we had a fan club in Buenos Aires for God's sake, and in like in the Far East, South Africa, the strangest of places. So what that whole what that whole uh, online thing means that you you can reach a global audience. Now, obviously, the most the, the most immediate uh, the most immediate followers were my own fans in like Ireland and and uh, and. And Scotland, England, whatever, closer to home, America. But I discovered that I have followers in, in the most obscure places. <laughs> so, but I have to tell I have no intention of touring in Rwanda now, um, in the near future. <laughs> hey, hey, there's a country not far away running flights out there, you know that. I know, I know, I know. No, I st- I'll stick to base for a while. I I'll stick to base. I, I've had off on my plate with this this tourist coming up. I'm going to be in your territory, I think, on 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 a oh, couple of occasions. We're listen, doing yeah, I, I want to mention them here because I have them sitting here in front of me. I, I had to I had to wade through all these dates that this man is doing before the end of the year. Anyway, the 17th of November. That's a Thursday night. You're at Trim Castle, folks. Trim Castle, Thursday, the 17th of November. 24th of November, he's in Drogheda, the TLT, the theatre there, 24th of November. And then into December, the Fairways Hotel in Dundalk, beautiful. Sunday, yeah. the 11th of December. So plenty of opportunity in the Northeast for people to go out and see you and wish you a happy birthday and everything else besides. 
Indeed, indeed, indeed. I look forward to that. It's been a while since we were in your territory, so um, looking forward to that. I mean, we're, we're going to be busy, as you rightly say, Jerry. But um, that's that's the only way to be. You know, I mean, that's the mm. only way to be. I, I, I so, someone was passing comment on the fact that Phil, you're 80 years of age, and why, why are you doing all these gigs? Um, you know, how can you sustain it? Um, and I quoted the great Clint Eastwood, who's one of my heroes. In a, in a recent interview, Clint was asked about how come he's still directing and starring in movies. You know, when he's pushing 90, he said. I don't let the old man in. <laughs> I saw that myself. And you know what? It just sums it up. Listen, yeah. you're fantastic. I want to say to you, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met in the music industry. You're That's always kind, of kind to us. You really are. You're timeless. You've moved and shaked through the years and adapted, whatever you like to say. And you're still as popular and relevant today. Keep doing what you're doing forever, Phil. Please do. You're wonderful. And we look forward to seeing you in the Northeast. Uh, very soon at those dates and I'll say goodbye to you now at this one God bless you Phil God bless you thanks a million Jerry good to chat to you you too no reason left to stay for me and you let's start anew and all and steal Isn't Phil Coulter just the nicest? He really is. He's fantastic. And remember, he's coming to the northeast to those three venues very, very soon. Politics. All you can do is laugh. Imagine if Johnson came back. A cheat, a liar, you name it. Imagine him coming back. It'll fracture that party for sure. A uh, general election they need, don't they? Really, to clear the air, they need a general election. He couldn't come back, could he? You just have to laugh at the moment and be sad about it, as Hector said yesterday. But you really do have to laugh at times. And with politics and laughs in mind, we bring you a laugh every Friday. And today, it's Mr Kevin Bridges. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Yeah, I like the politics. I've started buying the big paper. I never knew the big papers were as expensive. I thought it would just be the same price. No, standing in the queue. News agent, my pound coin, making plans for the change. <laughs> uh, one pound eighty. Do you take card, mate? Yeah, only if it's over a fiver. Uh, just all right, a Daily Telegraph and 16 packets of hubba bubba, mate. That's just like... <laughs> I watch it. The Tories, that's what I've got. Reducing the deficit, the economy. That's what's going on. Austerity Britain, making cuts. I watch I watch them. David Cameron, we must, we must work together to reduce the deficit. That's what's going on. Reducing the deficit. I read about the deficit. Do you know about the deficit, big guy? Do you know Britain's debt? No, £1.5 trillion. That's how much the UK owes somebody. £1.5 <laughs> trillion. Pound. I don't know who the f*** we owe that to, but surely they've gave up on it. Surely. Surely when it hit the trillion mark, they must have been having their doubts about ever seeing it back. I've enjoyed Greece. I like their attitude. That's how you treat debt. They've been a great time. It's got to the end. Everybody's on their case. The IMF, the EU, and they're just telling them to go and for themselves. Good on. 
done, Grace. Angela Merkel on the phone, going fucking mental. <laughs> Grace, I've just got her on loudspeaker, just laughing at her. <laughs> Sitting, drinking bottles of Ouzo, letting her shout at them. <laughs> you must make the repayment now! <laughs> 240 billion euros! Going through books on Greek philosophy, trying to quote their way out of the mess. <laughs> Angela, as Socrates said, <laughs> he is richest who is content with least. That's a fucking beauty, man. Any more? <laughs> or as Epicurus said, do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not, Angela. <laughs> yeah, let me talk to you. <laughs> or as Plato says, you're not getting it, you fucking cow. <laughs> Get on them. Everybody knows somebody like Greece. I've got mates like Greece. They're likeable, but you don't lend them money unless you're prepared to deal with a shite when you try and get it back. <laughs> Have you seen that? Johnny, Greece actually accused Germany of owing Greece 279 billion euros because of the Nazi occupation in the 1940s. Classic tactics. Oh, well, we weren't going to mention it, Angela, but since you're chasing us up. <laughs> Simply brilliant, the wonderful Kevin Bridges. A few years back, but, you know, politics and an eye on it and uh, the Greek death, etc. He's simply, simply superb. Never seen him live in concert, something I really do want to do. He's just so sharp, so wonderful. If you're a regular listener to us on Late Lunch, you'll understand that during the month of October, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, we've been talking about the subject from different perspectives. And I continue that today with someone you know well from for her beautiful voice. She's normally here talking to me about her latest single or cutting a new album, but today, entirely different. You see, she's the lady behind Willow Avenue Therapy in Trim. She's a counsellor and psychotherapist, Cathy Crenian. Welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, I did say a Cathy in the promo today with a different side to her altogether, and that is the <laughs> truth. It, it is indeed. Um, it you, is. Thank you for joining me, uh, as I said, in uh, uh, during this month, which we're focusing on mental health from different perspectives. Now, you want to talk to me today about uh, men and, you know, men and issues they have. And we're entirely different, us boys, Cathy, to women, aren't we? Yeah, in some ways, for sure. I think what, what I'm really seeing, I suppose, and, and one of the reasons I'm happy to be on here today is the fact that I'm actually seeing a huge increase in men come into practice. So normally it would be about 70% women, 30% men. Now it's 50-50. And that's huge since COVID. And I think a lot of things play a factor in it. I think, you know, you were saying like men are a bit different to women. For sure, men kind of don't think about anxiety or deal with anxiety or even are aware of their own anxieties. They tend to be kind of busy and getting on with stuff. Mm. So when they don't really stop to notice it, and I think what happened during COVID, because everything took a back seat and everything went quiet, 
they kind of sat with their own thoughts probably for the first time, a lot of people. And a couple of things. There was job losses. There was working remotely. And of course, you know, you couldn't go down to the hub and meet your man that you usually meet sitting up at the bar and having a chat. So there's lots of factors and I can see where the factors are coming from. There's also something else I'm noticing too. And of course, you know about Willie, my husband being ill last, uh, day before last with COVID. And what I saw as well, or what I do see rather coming in, are people, men, who have had COVID and have anxiety for the first time. Mm. So there's health anxiety there. There's kind of getting over the fact that maybe they didn't have work or they were working from home. Um, and the fact that they were sitting with their anxiety for the first time or noticing that they even had it for the first time. Yes. So, You, you know, when you, what you say there is heartening to hear that it is changing and the numbers that you're seeing on a practical basis are more even now. But, you know, I can tell you, I have a group of friends and we meet up and we have a pint of that, but... We'd never get deep. You understand? We talk about everything and anything, but nothing like that. I take it women are different. Yeah, I think they are. I think women are more open with each other. And because they've been doing it always, they've always talked to each other. They've always kind of vented and, you know, kind of given out their deepest, darkest secrets to each other. Whereas men just don't. It's very surface-based and Mm. it's very superficial. And I think for the first time they're realising that actually they need to talk, they need to get stuff out, that there's stuff there for years and years and years. And I mean, you know, we're looking at anxiety here, but like, it's deeper than that. There's an awful lot of trauma that's never been dealt with and, and it's manifesting as anxiety and depression in men and, and they're realising it now. And I, I suppose, look, there is an awareness happening and it's a good thing. It's the fact that, you know, people like yourself are, are talking about it and... Yeah. You know, we're seeing more more of it on television, on social media. You know, TikTok has it everywhere. So it's it's good that men are going, OK, you know, maybe I should talk to somebody professional. Maybe it's OK to do that. Mm. But yeah. then there's the other side of it. There's still a stigma. I see that hugely in the farming community. Um, it, it's amazing, like, when you're looking at the people who come in the door, they still want to come in from a different town. So <laughs> anyone that comes into me aren't usually from Trim if they're male. Right. Yeah. They come from because they don't want to meet anyone they know. They don't, they still don't want anyone yes. knowing yes. that they have this yes. mental issue, mental health issue. Mm. And and the, the reality is if they only knew how many people were coming in with the same thing, it's it's you know it would be just so much easier if it was just all out in the open and everybody was much more honest. Mm. But the reality is there is still a stigma. Yeah. And you know they'll come into me and and they you know we work like with CBT and meditation and my, my approach is psychodynamic so I will go back to the childhood I will go back and find out you know what the triggers are like why why do you get upset why do you get angry why do you get anxiety mm. you know and it may come from something that happened in childhood you know like we, we, we forget that we're still the children inside you know we still have that inside we are still the kids inside the adult. Yes. The child hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> and, you know. and, yeah. and long may that continue. If that child ever disappears inside me, well, I'm finished. I can tell you that for sure. But, <laughs> but anyway, you see, t- you're embracing the child. That's a good thing. Yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I probably embrace it too much at times. People will tell you. But anyway, what about it? Tell me this. Just you mentioned a word there uh, and uh, I'd like you maybe just to expand on it a little. The psychodynamic approach. What are you talking mm. about there? I'm talking about going back to childhood. Like we, as again, it, it, we are still children. The children still have the issues they had. So if you can imagine, you know, if, if a man comes into me and his biggest issue is his boss at work, 
then you kind of go back to wondering why, why that is so. Why does that trigger you so much? Why does what your boss says to you piss you off so much? Excuse my French. But like, mm. that's, you know, that's the reality. So when you're dealing with that, you're looking at the overall picture. So you ask them about, you know, what their childhood was like, what their school experiences were like. And you might actually find that the boss reminds them of a teacher who humiliated them in class or, or you know, belittled them and, and made them feel sort of, obsessed and scared and, and vulnerable and then you realise they go and they bring that child into the team meeting where the boss says the same thing as the teacher and they become the child again. Mm. So what's happening is the child is being brought to work rather than the adult. Yes, yes, I see. And I think we don't recognise that. We don't yeah. recognise that it's the vulnerable child that's responding. Mm. You know, and it happens, it happens in marriages. It's not just work. It happens everywhere. You bring the child to, to the, the actual mm. situation, you know. And and it does come out and, and that's the, there's no doubt about that. You you alluded there to the, you know, COVID times and the difficulty mm-hmm. that that brought and emerging. And we are still emerging from it uh, as we speak. That Absolutely. getting back. Uh, and I have to say, I think I've said it here before. I found it difficult as well. I got into a rut. I got into a comfort zone. I didn't want to really come out of that cocoon. I got very uh, content. You know what I'm saying, Cathy? Yep. In, in, in a way that wasn't good, really. And to come out from that, I really had to push myself. Are you seeing that? Absolutely. And it's so much easier to like not you know, go against that grain. Like It's much easier to sit back and just stay at home and close the doors and keep the life outside or the world outside. Mm. It, 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 it did become very easy for most people. It was difficult at the beginning, but it, was, it became very, very easy. And because it went on so long, I think we all expected to go on for a few weeks or maybe a few months yes. at the most. But when it went on for years, we became recluse. Mm. We did. We, we were reclusive people. We, we, you know, kind of stood with our own little circle of people and, and we didn't go anywhere and we couldn't go anywhere, of course. But even when we could, when we started opening up things, people were still cautious. I still haven't been to a pub. Mm. You know, like yes. it's, it's, and it's not because. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm worried about you know, bringing it home. Yeah. But it's, there's still there's still that concern. People are still a little bit anxious around that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think more so, I think men because men, the only little bit of <laughs> the only little bit of kind of talking to somebody at all, and even if it is superficial, it's still talking to somebody. Mm. Well, maybe sitting up at the bar on a Saturday or Sunday morning, you know, and they didn't have that anymore. Yeah. That was gone. Yeah, and I out. think that, that's huge for men. Yeah, you know? it is a big outlet. Look, before we finish up, I want to get this message out there. It's good to talk, and it's especially good to talk for, for us boys. But you have seen, and you know this, through mm-hmm. the, the techniques you employ there and everything you do, it may be dark today, but that darkness can be lifted. That's the message, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. And you know, if anyone's out there struggling, male or female, struggling with panic attacks, if it's really getting so bad, go and have a cold shower or eat something. I know it's a quick fix, but if you're really struggling, it works. Mm. It kind of resets the system. So, like, don't be struggling. And if it's deeper issues and if it's constant anxiety where you're not getting a break from it, talk to somebody. Even if it isn't a professional, talk to somebody. Yeah. And that is a really, really important message to leave with people today. You know, I, I said it to you before, you have a very soothing voice. And uh, a very, a very warm personality and reassuring. And, you know, you're absolutely suited to this because it, it's just made for you. And 
and vice versa. May I say it just ah, Jerry, it's hand and glove. No, Thank no, you. it does. I, I, I always said that from my from a mention first. I got that from you, and of course, it, it, it came across in your wonderful talent, your voice, your musicality, etc. But in this area, uh, it's a winner all the way. I wish you well, and if people want to check out, it's Willie, Willow Avenue Willow Therapy. Willow Avenue Therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find me on Facebook and everywhere. You'll find me all over the internet. Yeah. Cathy, lovely to talk to you in a different guise today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's uh, Cathy Crinion there. The Mead 22 committee are busy. And why wouldn't they be? Because this is another year of centenary celebrations. And with that in mind, the place to be on Monday evening is the Trim Castle Hotel at 8 o'clock because there's a wonderful event happening. The title of it is Mead's Role in the Foundation of the State and Mead did play a big role and one man who knows more about it than most and he's speaking there on Monday night is our good friend Sean Boyle and Sean welcome back to the show. Thank you very much indeed Jerry. thank you. Now Monday night Sean, I know on a personal basis for you this is very important, especially when we talk in the context of your dad, General Sean Boylan. But overall, County Mead had a huge role to play 100 years ago. And it, was, it was quite extraordinary when you think of sort of almost definitely involved the treason ghost. You think of so many things happened. But the, I think the reason was we were sort of... Um, the job was nearly was to keep the roles, keep the, 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 the direct line to Dublin open at all stages, no matter what happened. And... Uh, they were very committed people. Um, maybe it wasn't called the Royal County for nothing, but there was a history there that a lot of people for so long they were so subservient to everything that went on, cap in hand, bound and scraping, and not entitled to lead their own life and looking for the right and looking for the opportunity. And they became involved, and um, extraordinarily honourable women and men. And uh, uh, it would be a shame to forget. And the people that have to give us the foundation of where we are. And uh, I don't think we will. And uh, I think we saw that in 2016 with the schools and so on. But I think it's important to maybe just recollect and maybe learn a little bit from where at times we were too hard on ourselves, didn't give ourselves enough praise and didn't have enough confidence in ourselves to have a cut at it and have a go at it, depending. Let it be on, oh, at that time England or now maybe Europe or whatever, just never lose sight of where you've come from and who you are. And I think that's first important. And that's why I think Monday night would be a very important night. Now, when we think back to that time, it's 100 years ago, and of course we have links back there, yourself in particular, through your father and other people and uh, family members as well. When you look at Ireland today, Sean, how much it's come on, yet we are in the midst of very challenging times again. I'm sure there are lessons we can learn from 100 years ago. Yeah, um, people get hard to realise that my father, you know, would have been born in 1880 and uh, he died in 1971 and he was 90 years of age, almost 91 years of age. And uh, so it was an extraordinary what he would have lived through. He was over the Boer War, the First World War, Economic War, Second World War, lived through all of that, did his part in, in, the, in, the, in the foundation of the state and realised afterwards he was a soldier, he wasn't a politician. And... Um, got a year to live from a medical problem, from an injury sustained during the War of Independence. That was to plague him for the rest of his life. Got a year to live in 1923, and yes, he died in May 71. Your opinion will give you 12 months, but an awful lot depends on the people themselves. And that was one of those people that always was interested in what can we do. Like in my lifetime with him, I started working with him at 17, he was 80. 
I never once had heard him, never once heard him give me an instruction. He taught us something he felt needs to be done. And if he knew you could do it, he'd encourage you to do it. And that's so much of what we need. And people feel so threatened nowadays by, let's say, for instance, government, sometimes threatened by opposition or whatever. Take as much help as you can from wherever you can. Let it be Shannon, let it be from opposition or whatever to make things better. Like, we all are only here for a short space of time, so let's give it a good touch together. Those are very important words, Sean, and you've picked up that an awful lot more from your dad as well. And it, yes. it's very important that we hear that and learn from it, that what your dad, what you mentioned there, look at all he came through. And yes, he lived a long life and he had yes. a great family and he passed yes. on an awful lot to you too. And those are very important things to ponder. And the big thing, I suppose, more than anything else, Jerry, would have been this. I remember well when the Military History Bureau were going around every Sunday and they were going to people who were involved to get the history of what happened at the time. And for almost 18 months, every Sunday, all the people who were involved in this area here in Dunboyne, pro-treaty, anti-treaty, all those people were in the one room and it was talked out. And when you read what he wrote at the time, you got nothing but the truth. There was no thing as blaming somebody else. I did this or I did that, even it came to an execution or whatever it was. And that takes a lot of honesty, but it also takes a belief in yourself. Sean Mass never forgetting about the good that everybody did. And that's what we should remember. And that's what we should use as our template to go forward. Yeah, that's a very important point to make. Now, I look at Monday night and you're part of a stellar lineup, may I say, in Trim Castle. You have the wonderful Miles Dungan there and Liz Gillis along with yourself. So it's going to be an all-encompassing different aspects and different views evening. Well worth getting to Sean and listening and learning. If you don't know about these times, this will be very apparent on Monday. It will be and just stories of how you knew what you were told was factually correct. It was due to the will of the people that things worked out. So yeah. Monday night in Trim Castle, it starts at 8 o'clock. Everybody welcome, Sean. He'd be delighted to see as many as possible there. Yeah, absolutely. No question in the world. This is for the people, all of us together. That's it. Sean Boyle in there teeing up a wonderful event in Trim Castle on Monday night. Well worth attending. TV theme. Let's have a reprise. know it don't you when you hear it and, and yeah yeah what is it Karen was saying to me uh, today what is it? I know it I know it but I just don't know it it's not Hill Street Blues quite a few people uh, sent that in to us today it's uh, actually what is it Law and Order Law and Order it is the theme from and well done to Mary McCabe Garlow Cross you guessed right today and we'll be sending something nice out to you in the post this very evening now all week at this time, in the afternoons, all year, I've been doing this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Nina Simone in spotlight this week, and she is regarded rightfully as one of the most influential jazz, cabaret and R&B artists of the 20th century. She broke the mould as a female black entertainer in the 50s and 60s in a highly racist industry. 
She was never straightforward, but then again, show me a genius in any walk of life who is. She was the recipient of a Grammy Hall of Fame award in 2000 and has been the subject of movies and stage plays about her life since her death in 2003. She's even had a street named in her honour. That is some honour in Imogen in Holland, where she lived for a time. A statue erected in her hometown Tryon in North Carolina and Nina Simone was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018. Fully deserved. A true blue music legend who delivered songs like this in her own unique way. Going back to 1957. But a little story I'll tell you more about in a moment. My baby don't care for shows. My baby don't care for clothes. My baby just cares for me My baby don't care for Cars and races My baby don't care for Absolutely brilliant. I've so enjoyed her all week. 1957, but Louise re-released in 1987. TV ad, do you remember which one? No. Chanel number no. 5. Never would have got that. Chanel number no. 5, that song was adapted and she shot straight into the charts. Mm-hmm. Top 10 again. I do remember the video. Re-released it, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and our Louise is a big Nina Simone fan, <laughs> aren't am. you? Yes. And she's been known to belt out a song or two in her time, yes? Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes, she has. <laughs> Those cheeks are a little flushed at the moment in the scarlet. <laughs> She's scarlet. Scarlet. I believe you can belt out mm. a Nina song. Anyway, coming to a party near you soon. Our Miss <laughs> <laughs> Lots of sport this weekend. David Sheehan standing by. Afternoon, David. How are you, Jerry? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me again. Let's get to the League of Ireland tonight. Firstly, UCD Drogheda, dead rubber for Drogheda. They were great against Shamrock Rovers last week, but not for UCD. They'll be looking for the win. Well, I wouldn't say it's a dead rubber for Drogheda either, Jerry, because they've got Shelburne very firmly in their sights. And I think Kevin Doherty would be only delighted to finish above his former side. They're just a point behind them at the moment, although Shells have a game in hand. But you might remember there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a spat after the game at mm. the Game Park a few weeks ago. Damien Duff didn't shake hands with Kevin and Kevin made a comment about real Shells people, which Damien Duff took exception to and went, went back to the following week in his interview. So there's a little bit of needle between those two sides. They're going to meet next week. Um, the second last game of the season at Tolka Park and I think Drogheda United would be and Kevin Doherty would be delighted to finish above Shells so I wouldn't say it's a dead rubber for Drogheda but you're right so far as nothing riding on it for them but UCD absolutely need to get the points there and to try and get themselves off the bottom of the table and, and secure a playoff I think whichever one of the two sides finishes second from bottom they're still going to have their work cut out to, to come through that playoff with the first division team whoever it is but, um, but certainly UCD only four wins all season, although they did beat Dundalk um, at Belfield not mm. that long ago. So they are tricky enough opponents uh, at the best of times. They, they don't tend to get hammered by anybody too often. So it'll be a tough one for Drada. Um, up until the game against Bose two weeks ago, the only away win Drada had all season was against UCD. So 
be a tricky one for them tonight, but they're in good form, the confidence is up, so I'd fancy draw to get the win there. Dundalk, Sligo, a lot riding on this from Dundalk's perspective. Sligo can't make Europe this year, Dundalk certainly can. Pats are breathing down their necks, but Pats play Shamrock Rovers tonight in another key game. Dundalk mm. can always beat Sligo, and Sligo are on holidays already. Yeah, Sligo haven't had a, you know, hasn't been the greatest of seasons for them. Obviously, managerial change in the middle of the season as well at Liam Buckley departing. But yeah, they're, they're, they're tricky enough opponents, Sligo. They never make things easy. Again, there's a little bit of a backstory in this game, as people might remember. When they played last in the showgrounds, Sligo won that game, but then had the result overturned because they played an, el- yes. an ineligible player, somebody who's suspended. So there might be a little bit of needle in that from their point of view. They might want to get those three points back, so to speak, tonight. So they might, they might come into that with a bit of a fire in their belly. Sligo, uh, but with Dundalk, with the, with them needing the points, you'd fancy them to, to get the job done. Um, it's not going to be easy for them, but I, I'd fancy them to get it. And as you said, with Pats playing Rovers, if Rovers were to win that game, that would be a huge boost to Dundalk's chances of, of qualifying for Europe. They'd be as good as there at that point, you'd imagine. So we'll wait and see what happens. But I think Dundalk will do their bit tonight anyway. Premier League, two games stand out. Chelsea-Manchester United tomorrow. And United seem to be starting the starting to find the mojo under the new manager. Yeah, they are. And I mean, I suppose a lot of the headlines were made by Cristiano Ronaldo storming out of the, not just out of the, uh, off the pitch, but out of the ground, it seems, and out of the stadium completely uh, towards the end of that game. And it's come out since that he refused to come on against Tottenham, which is a strange one. Um, but I think it's kind of maybe working out a little bit in Ten Hag's favour because that problem seems to be taking care of itself. Um, and United, as you said, one of their best performances in, in quite a while against Tottenham the other night. Probably should have won by more. So their tails are up. I think maybe Ronaldo's sort of starting to, the fans are maybe starting to get a bit tired of his antics. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how long he sticks around. Chelsea had been on a good run. They drew with Brentford in their last game mm. during the week, which was a bit of a surprise. But, you know, they've been in good, they've been in good form before that. They've won four in a row. Um, going to be a tricky one for them though tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. I'm looking forward to seeing how, how both sides get on there. I, I'm going to just give Chelsea the nod. I think that they'll just about uh, sneak that one. But it's, it's going to be interesting and I think as you said Manchester United are certainly picking up their form a little bit and tomorrow will be a, a real test for them to see what they can do but I, I think Chelsea will just get it just about get the win there. Now Newcastle are starting to lay down a mark are they pushing for the top six no surprise with the uh, financial support they have behind them now they travel to play Tottenham tomorrow this is another intriguing game. It is yeah and I mean Tottenham like they're in third place at the moment and they had been going reasonably well up until that game during the week but they were really poor against against Manchester United and I'm uh, one of my my work colleagues is a big Tottenham supporter, and he's a little bit kind of uh, disheartened by the style of football. I mean, Tottenham have always been Jerry, as you know, synonymous with with mm. lovely free flowing football. You know, when I started watching football first, and Terry Venables was over them, and they had Chris Waddle and Gaza and Gary Lineker was there, and they were always a great team to watch. Always a really good cup team, but they're a little bit more pragmatic now. And Antonio Conte has certainly improved them, but maybe not quite as easy on the eye as he used to be. But uh, yeah, Newcastle are certainly picking things up at the moment in sixth place, and I mean. They've got a long-term plan here, but if they could somehow get into the top four this season, it'd be a remarkable uh, turnaround for them. I don't think they'll quite do that. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting game here as well. I, I think uh, you know, all signs maybe point to a draw. I think Newcastle will make it tough for Spurs. Um, they are, you know, they're flying it at home, Tottenham. They've won five out of five. But I, I think Newcastle might just take a point off them here. Let's move to GA quickly. All of the loud champions are out this week, junior, intermediate and senior. Stebanen and you have a very good friend in charge of Stebanen. Uh, take on Adamstown from Wexford. And that's a, an away game. How do you see that mm. one? 
Ah, look, it's look, Jerry. I'm not going to come on here and pretend I'm an expert on the intermediate A championship in, in Wexford or anything yeah. like that. But um, I I do have a few friends down there, and they were telling me that they're managed by Aidan O'Brien, who's the former county manager at Adamstown, and they've uh, a couple of handy players as well. Connor Hickey, who's apparently a very good free taker, and Mick Furlong, who's a current Wexford player as well. So it's going to be tricky again. You know, anytime you have to go away in these Leinster games. Um, it's always difficult, and if, depending on what the weather is going to be like as well, it, it could be tough. The only thing for for Stabannon is they've had they've had the week of of recovery. You know, they've had the week off. They would have had had the celebrations kind of out of their system a little while ago. So um, I think, uh, yeah, I think they, they'll they'll probably find it tough. I say the ho- I'm going to give it to the home advantage, um, the, the thumbs up here. I think Adam Sandler just about come through. But like again, I, I I'm not pre- pretending to know exactly how, how it's going to work out. Cooley Kickhams are also on the road there in Longford against Ballymahan, uh, but Colm Nally will have them well focused for this one. Yeah, they will. And again, they'll have had a little bit of, of time to kind of get over their win. Um, and like, you know, Cooley were, were so kind of near and yet so far for so many years at the senior grade. So uh, for them to get the, the get the intermediate title this year, particularly the way Colm Nally kind of came in in the middle of the season and they really turned things around there, it was a remarkable remarkable thing and you know Colm obviously has been with Mead for a few years and has had his ups and downs there but but such a, a talented coach and such a, a a clever guy you know and, and is able to kind of set teams up so well get the best out of them so yeah again they're away from home against Ballymahan you'd probably have to favour the home team in, in those games but um, well, Cooley will give it a good crack for sure and you know Jerry, with, the, with these Leinster campaigns we come to RD St Mary's in a moment if you get one win under your belt it just kind of can set things rolling again you yeah, know yeah it certainly can and uh, just quickly St Mary's the county champions celebrating and celebrating and celebrating <laughs> at home to St Colum Kills well well yeah the interesting thing here Colum Kill uh, won their first uh, county title in 14 years uh, two weeks ago, they beat Mullinyakta with a, a late penalty in, in that game, and Mullinyakta obviously would have would have been a very prominent number of years ago. I think they, didn't they win a didn't they win a, a Leinster title yeah. and uh, beat Kilmacud Croaks along the way. So, Colm Kill obviously pretty handy if they beat Mullinyakta. St Mary's, you said, uh, certainly will have been celebrating this week. It's a bit unfortunate for them that that replay was only last Sunday. And they mm. they haven't had the, the, the extra week to recover. Um, Look, it's, it's, it depends when they actually stop celebrating. It's it's hard to say how exactly what sort of shape they'll be in, uh, and they haven't won it for they hadn't won it for twenty seven years, as we know. So it's it's been a long time coming for them. Um, if they can get their focus right, I mean, I don't think a year is worth of training or whatever they've been doing. A few days um, in the pub isn't going to do that much damage to the to their physic to them yes. physically. But if yes. they can if they can blow off the dirty diesel and focus the minds again, then, then you know, and they're and they're at home, so. You never know, but it's. Yeah. I'd say maybe, maybe the celebrations may have taken their toll a little bit. Let's see. Don't even do the prediction. David, till next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself, David Sheehan, their presenter of Sunday Sport, and do join him this Sunday. Eddie Caffrey's coming next for the drive here on LMFM Radio. Thank to you, thanks to your listeners who join us every day, to our guests through the week, and Miss Louise Walsh. I couldn't do this without her. We'll be back Monday with late lunch from 1.30. Have a lovely weekend. We'll see you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.